3: SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Welcome in
4: to the early line. We're live right here on SportsGrid on a Monday morning. I'm Kevin Walsh joined by Donnie Wrightside, side, as a lot of week number three in the NFL is in the books. Just Monday night football between the Giants and the Cowboys remain. DRS, how are you feeling?
5: I'm telling you, I, I feel like I run marathons, Kevin, on Sundays just watching football because it always comes down to the final drive. Whether it's going to be the win of a football game, the cover of the football game, the total, just some wild shenanigans. The NFL mm. gave us everything we needed and more yesterday on Sunday.
4: Exciting times throughout the yeah. league, no doubt about it. A big game took place in the AFC East, pitting two unbeaten teams against one another, the Miami Dolphins and the Super Bowl favorite Buffalo Bills. And it is the Dolphins who pull off the upset 21-19. to A lot of box score anomalies here. Josh Allen threw the ball 63 times in the loss to a Threw the ball only eighteen times, but that's all they needed as the Dolphins escape here with a with the butt punt and the safety and all this other madness, but the Dolphins win and remain unbeaten. It's incredible. We're going to break this down
5: through its entirety in the next segment. But my goodness, what you just said there, there were so many anomalies in this game. If we took that old crystal ball out and I said, what if I told you Josh Allen threw for 400 yards, two touchdowns, and no interceptions? Tua threw for 186. You say, man, this is going to be an absolute blowout here. Not the case here. An impressive game by the Miami Dolphins holding on for this one.
4: Also some controversy around Tua's health in this game. Looked like he was concussed. Went to the back, all of a sudden to his back pretty quickly. They say it's a back injury. There's actually going to be an investigation launched into that angle, but a huge win for the Miami Dolphins. Also, a big time win for the Green Bay Packers as they escaped the Tom Brady comeback special. This game was awful to watch the entire way through, but. Tom, given too many chances, finds the end zone, and with essentially no time remaining, needed to convert a two-point conversion, delay a game. Instead of needing two yards, they needed seven yards, and they lose their home opener to Aaron Rodgers and the Pack, 14 to 12.
5: It was an ugly game, and rightfully so. We talked all week long And this line opened up at, what, 48-and-a-half, dipped down into the low 40s by game time. It was everything we thought that it was going to be with Tom Brady having no wide receivers. And if you found out late in the game, boy, who's he throwing to? They couldn't even get lined up correctly heading into the red zone in the fourth quarter, which caused them, again, a delay game on the two-point conversion, end up coming up short. But, dang, Packers, you're going to take that. You might, If that could be 45-3, 14-12, it's all the same in the standings. Yeah, that's a big win for the Packers.
4: And here comes Rodgers and LaFleur again. Just they win, they win, they win. They're a huge favorite next week. We'll tell you why. Uh, but Tom did not light it up. Aaron didn't light it up. Even you could argue that Josh left a little bit to be desired, too. It certainly did. Jalen Hurts, Lamar Jackson. Way different situation. Lamar Jackson has been fully back to start this season for the Baltimore Ravens. Another four-total touchdown performance DRS as they go out there and secure a victory over the New England Patriots 37-26. to 26.
5: Yeah, Lamar Jackson, a one-man wrecking crew. Now, a lot of these you know, underdogs contrarian plays actually did work out on Sunday. This was not one of those here, even though it was close in the second half. Mac Jones, you can't have this. I understand. Great. Threw for 321, sensational, but those three interceptions killed them at the worst times yesterday.
4: Certainly did. Our radio audiences here on a Monday morning, the early line on Sirius XM. Channel 159, again, four passing touchdowns for Lamar, one on the ground, and back-to-back games with 100 rush yards. Mac Jones injured in this game. We'll get to that. And then for Jalen Hurts, back-to-back weeks. He's over his passing prop in just one half of football, 340 total yards, three touchdowns, no interceptions. The Eagles dominated Washington yesterday. They certainly did. And Jalen
5: Hurts, this is one of those things where we've seen from the Eagles. How about this? They scored 24 points, Kevin, all in one quarter of football. Why is that? Because the Washington Commanders and Carson Wentz, that offensive line, were not up to the task. It was almost like
4: beating your little brother in the backyard in a game of football. That's what it reminded me of. They sacked Commanders quarterback Carson Wentz nine times. The Eagles, now the favorites in the NFC. Sunday night football delivered. Well, uh, if you're a Big Ten fan, it certainly delivered. 11-10, the final score here. Russell Wilson versus Jimmy Garoppolo. Russ, this game was perfect, though, down the backstress. Russ, oh, all right, and I'll remember how to play football. No problem. Here's an 80-yard touchdown drive. And then Jimmy Garoppolo, oh, you need me to go out there and make some winning plays? Here's an interception, and let's get out of here with a loss.
5: Yeah, we're going to have some fun talking about this game overall, but I guess a win is a win, and you'll take that if you're the Denver Broncos. Even if it wasn't pretty, it's still a W.
4: Denver's defense leading the way, giving up the second-fewest points across the league. How about the AFC South? AFC West, it's the best division in the history of football. The Colts tell the Chargers to hit the bricks. Or no, the Colts tell the Chiefs to hit the bricks. The Jaguars tell the Chargers to hit the bricks. And then the Raiders, yet no dice, Tennessee pulls off the ugly upset, Donnie.
5: Any given Sunday, the rise of the AFC South
4: here. A power division in that conference? Who would have thought? Certainly so in the big 12 both Oklahoma and Texas were upset in this past weekend of college football and in Major League Baseball the Guardians have clinched the AL Central crown a lot to get to here to Monday morning. We'll be right back.
6: producing gas with fewer operational emissions in Texas. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America.
0: Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, (laughs) That's definitely not a problem. Uh,
2: And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price.
1: Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.
4: Live right here on Sports Grid, taking a look at what was maybe the game of the week heading into this past weekend. The Buffalo Bills taking the trip to South Beach and playing the Miami Dolphins. and I don't think anybody could have been prepared for how this game played out a 19 to or 21 to 19 final score in favor of the Miami Dolphins. Josh Allen, again, over 60 passing attempts in this game, 400 yards in the air, but not to downplay 400 yards, 6.3 per pass, Kind of, it, it's a volume thing. They had 90 plays in this game, the Miami Dolphins had 39, so it's efficiency, really the name of the game here in this spot. And what's so stunning, DRS, and where home field advantage probably made the difference, two of the first three drives for the Buffalo Bills resulted in touchdowns. The other, the other one that did not was a fumble. So, again, never punting this Bills offense, perhaps the heat caught up to him and it was too much to handle as the Dolphins moved to 3-0 and and sit in first place in the AFC East.
5: Yeah, let's take a look at this game overall. Now, the turnover battle was won by the Miami Dolphins. The final score, Kevin, was won by the Miami Dolphins. And I like the fact that sometimes you have to win really gritty, which they did, which including basically a goal line stand to end that football game. But 21 to 19 doesn't really tell the story here. 31 first downs for the Buffalo Bills, 15 for the Miami Dolphins. Third down efficiency, Buffalo Bills were 11 of 18 on third down, three of eight for the Miami Dolphins. You want to go total plays? 90 for the Bills, 39 for the Miami Dolphins. And yardage, 497 for the Bills, 212 for the Miami Dolphins. This is pretty incredible because I know a lot we're going to take a look at their head coach and say, he's really got things clicking. But if you look at the first three games, take away the fourth quarter, which I oh, Donnie can't take away, the, but just play this out with me here. Take away the fourth quarter and then up and down the field on the Ravens with a massive victory on the road, which was fantastic offense didn't do really much game one against the New England Patriots. Now you see the Buffalo Bills didn't do much at all here at this time, but they're still able to win. So my question is going to be is, when are we going to get to see the real Miami Dolphins out here? Put together a full four quarters, which is what we're anticipating. But you can't take anything away from them. They're 3-0 in the season, beating the Patriots, which is a division Rob who's owned that division for the past like 20 years. Understandably, Tom Brady's not there anymore, so it's a little bit different. But you beat the Baltimore Ravens, one of the upper echelon teams in the NFL. And the same thing with the Buffalo Bills, who I still think are the best overall team in the NFL. You beat them yesterday. But to get back to your point, that's why the NFL usually schedules the Miami Dolphins at home early in the season against the Bills to give them an advantage. And then Buffalo gets to return that favor where the Dolphins go up late in the season to frigid cold Orchard Park up in New York. Big time win for the Miami Dolphins, showed a lot of moxie and that goal line stand. But my goodness, if you're just looking at overall statistics, you would have thought the Buffalo Bills blew the
4: Dolphins right off the field. Yeah, but I'll be honest with you. I'm not sure if we're looking at the right statistics. 5.5 yards per play for Buffalo. 5.4 for Miami. If we look at the time of possession, d- more than double the number for the Buffalo Bills, 20-play drive, 17-play drive. Look, I'm not saying that passer rating and QBR are perfect, but Tua finished higher than Josh Allen in both of those statistical categories. Tua average 10.3 yards per pass. The name of the game here was efficiency, and the Buffalo Bills were far from it. Again, you throw the ball 63 times, you're going to have a lot of yards. That's just how this stuff works. They're throwing the ball every play, but it's not resulting in anything. Missed field goals and fumbles and different things like that, turning it over. And the Miami Dolphins being opportunistic, and that's the difference in this football game here. The Buffalo Bills, if it's just the heat and and that's all we want to chalk it up to, fine. So be it. But the Miami Dolphins now have three wins. They've come against the Super Bowl favorites in the Buffalo Bills, a Baltimore Ravens team that if not for their collapse to these Miami Dolphins, might be the favorites to win the Super Bowl with how outrageous Lamar Jackson looks right now. And I know the New England Patriots are far from what they once were, but still beating Bill Belichick in an AFC matchup is nothing to sneeze at. Mike McDaniel, we don't have updated odds to win Coach of the Year. He's going to have to be the favorite. He's just going to be. Tua right now is inside actually the top six for MVP odds. Now, I don't think he'll be able to cross that finish line but the fact that Mike McDaniel has Tua tonga at top six in MVP odds when people were unsure if this guy was anywhere near a franchise quarterback is unbelievable. I don't come away from this game saying, oh, wow, look at how my, uh, look at how lucky Miami is. This team is 3-0. and They've earned being 3-0. and They're benefiting, sure, from being home in two of those three games. But the Miami Dolphins right now look way more legit than, oh, that's a cute team that maybe sneaks in. Donnie, I think they're going to be live here in the AFC East race. No, and I think you're correct there because the way they're winning, that's what I told you. I was
5: more impressed yesterday that the Miami Dolphins won in that fashion because you can sell that to your football team. You don't always have to have 500-yard passings. You don't always have to dominate another football team. Quite frankly, you don't have to bring your A game and still come away with victories. That's the sign of a well-built and well-run franchise where you can take a look yesterday and go, we got out-statistic in every single category but the final score, and that's all that matters. When this wagon gets moving here, where who knows if Tua Tagovailoa is going to play the next week, does he have a concussion, does he not have a concussion? That's certainly another question. But if you're looking from a standpoint where, hey, Dolphins defense, you're not really firing at all cylinders, don't worry. We got you in the fourth quarter in that Baltimore game. Hey, how about your offense? Not firing on full cylinders? Don't worry. We'll come up with a couple goal line stands here in the heat down in South Beach with a rocking crowd and we'll handle our business here. It's winning all different ways where each and every week, you know, one of your facets can step up and bail you out. The special teams was a disaster. A punt off a guy's backside, which ended up luckily out of the back of the end zone and not straight up in the air or not straight sideways going out at the three yard line where you would have hand over an easy touchdown. And even so, the Dolphins defense said boy, if the Buffalo Bills get in field goal range, they're going to wind up beating us. They didn't allow that to happen. Love the moxie of the Miami Dolphins doing it every different way over the first three weeks. As I said, just wait till they
4: put together four full quarters and you'll see what the Dolphins are really made of. The butt punt, obviously, the madness of that <laughs> is safety. It, you would have, at that point in time, considering all the Buffalo Bills need is a field goal, you, you would have assumed the Bills were going to win that game. The time expires, just some poor clock management checking in for Buffalo that also plagued them at the end of the first half as well. You look at the updated AFC East odds the Buffalo Bills are a minus 240 favorite, the Dolphins check in at plus 210. Buffalo remains the favorites in the AFC and to win the Super Bowl overall. You're someone who's picked the Buffalo Bills to win the Super Bowl. I sit here right now a little surprised at still how strong everything remains for Buffalo. Maybe it's because Kansas City dropped the game to Indianapolis. We'll talk about that. But the problem for me is the notion around Buffalo's pricing is, well, the AFC East is not going to really push them. Well, we just saw that's not true. The Dolphins are going to push them. Are you not a little surprised at how strong still every single Buffalo Bill number remains? Yeah, I'm not all that worried about it because
5: I do think they take the totality of the season in effect where Josh Allen's just going to be a machine all the way through. But again, this is the NFL. People get injured. You're already down. You're two starting safeties here. Michael Hyde's done for the year, which is a, a pro bowl caliber player. And then you're trying to take a look at Poyer when he is actually going to return as well. Didn't really hurt him all that much yesterday, but we know you can't just turn the injuries off. When you have a defense that had like five or six starters that were questionable yesterday to even be starting this early in the NFL season, that's going to take a toll eventually on that Buffalo Bills. But as long as that offense stays strong, which basically equates to if Josh Allen is healthy, that's going to be a tough team to beat. But you bring up a good point. If everybody that was at the top of the standings in the AFC was winning yesterday, the Bills might be a little bit lower in the totem pole. But I do think a direct correlation with the Kansas City Chiefs getting beat and also. You know, everybody's favorite Chargers going down yesterday as well.
4: Mm. Uh, that is interesting. The Ravens did win. Just to make a note, mm-hmm. we'll get to this a lot more tomorrow. Look at the early lines. The Bills are going to Baltimore next week. They do so yeah. as a field goal favorite. Yeah. That is a ridiculous number. We can get we can get into that. That is a ridiculous number to be laying. Again, home field home field advantage math. You mean to tell me? The Buffalo Bills would be laying eight points in Buffalo to Baltimore. Never, not once, never. But ev- apparently what we're seeing now is the Bills are going to have to lay a field goal or better on the road every game because of how popular they are. And maybe the Buffalo Bills will win that game next week. But what if they lose? And what if we sit here with a 2-2, two and 500-Buffalo two Bills team? Is Josh Allen going to remain the MVP favorite? Are they going to remain the favorite to win the Super Bowl and be booked Every single game's already got the final score printed out with the Bills winning. I guess we'll find out. A lot more to break down. It's the early line on Monday morning.
3: SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com.
4: Forty-one and a half. and a half Never in doubt if you played the under. And ultimately, the result looked to never be in doubt for the Green Bay Packers. They scored two first-half touchdowns, both thrown by Aaron Rodgers, one to Alan Lazard, another to everybody's favorite rookie wide receiver, Romeo Dobbs. And then Tom Brady eventually had too many chances. and He found the end zone with basically no time remaining, but they did need a two-point conversion. And perhaps talked up to the fact that it is almost entirely backups on the field with Tom Brady and Leonard Fournette, they get a delay of game penalty. For this offense, needing seven yards is essentially needing seventy yards. They were not able to get it and they fell at fourteen to twelve in their home opener. My question is, are we now a little concerned about the Tampa Bay Bucks as we sit here three games into the season?
5: I'm not. I mean, anybody that's going to be down, you know, your top wide, top three wide receivers, it's going to be an issue. Now, when you talk about which top three wide receivers are you down, some teams have a little bit better wide receivers than others. And if we're talking about the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, if they're right, Julio Jones, Mike Evans, and also uh, Chris Godwin playing. That's a pretty formidable you know, lineup that you would have. None of them are there. So you say, OK, well, it's still Tom Brady. We've seen him with rough wide receiving cores in New England. That's not the same Tom Brady here. I mean, he is a little bit older, not as fluid in the pocket, and quite frankly, maybe this offensive line isn't as good as what we thought it might have been, hence the injuries and also the defections in free agency. I'm not all that worried. I mean, at the beginning of the year, I I am worried about the Tampa Bay Buccaneers overall, but if we just put this in like under a microscope, they're 2-1 and right now. They lost to the Green Bay Packers at home. They had no wide receivers. Even if Mike Evans were there, probably would have been a key indicator. But also, let's remind ourselves, the Green Bay Packers also, Kevin, knew that the Tampa Bay Buccaneers didn't have their top three wide receivers. So maybe it wasn't going to be an aerial show and dominate out here. Just don't do anything crazy because we don't think the Buccaneers offense can put up very many points. And until that last drive of the game, finally getting into pay dirt here, where you saw a two-point conversion, which was ridiculous, that you got a delay of game. But if you noticed on two of the final three plays for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, Tom Brady shouting at his wide receivers for one play lining up wrong and had to completely change the formation. And then on the two-point conversion play, you can hear him screaming, move in closer. But it wasn't enough to get the snap out. And you're right. Going back from you know the two-yard line to the seven-yard line is ridiculous at that point. That it should never happen. But that's back-to-back weeks. We've seen teams in key situations having to get Excuse me, two-point conversions, not be able to get them because they got, or excuse me, getting penalized there last week. The Arizona Cardinals actually converted on that seven-yard play. But the Buccaneers weren't able to do it. Long story short, Kevin, I'm not ready to push the button yet on the Tampa Bay Buccaneers because quite frankly, they're going to easily win their division from what it looks like now, Mm. but also when this team gets right at wide receiver, they'll start to
4: put up some big numbers. One of the favorites to win the Super Bowl, a team that still has top three odds to win the NFC and features, you know, for a lot of people, the best player in the history of the sport. And yet the Bucs are the most boring team in the NFL. The reality is DRS was one of the people, and this is not a shot, who spent all offseason saying, what's going on with the Bucs? Is it time to worry? Is it time to panic? Does Brady care? And it is being handed to Donnie on a silver platter to come onto these shows and tell you, look at the Bucs. They can't move the ball. They can't do anything. I told you Tom didn't care. But Donnie, a man of integrity, would know that that would be a lie. There's nothing to take away from the game on the Tampa Bay offensive side of the ball. It is a full waste of time. If they win, it feels miraculous, right? I mean, Russell Gage, I know that is a player they were excited about coming into town, but this is a guy that was a wide receiver three in Atlanta and was injured in the middle of this game. Cameron Brait, Rashad Paramin, I mean, Jaylon Darden. Do we know? Who the, I mean, asshole. come on now. There, there's absolutely, I mean, people were betting Cole Beasley left, right, and center to get into the end zone in this game. And to a degree, I'm surprised he didn't. He's, I mean, that, these are his first three reps he's basically ever had with Tom. I, I don't even know how many balls Cole Beasley had caught from Tom Brady in practice leading up to this game actually taking place here. We watched the Bucks. Did they win? How good is this defense? Let me know when the wide receivers are back. That's how we break these games down right now. I just, it's such, an, it's such a boring spot to be in, though. Because, because I I know, like, you're not going to come on here and lie to people and be like, I told you Tampa Bay would be in a bad spot. What do we take away from the Russell Gage, Brashad, Perriman, Jalen Dar- Darden games?
5: It's, It's very hard to take anything away. But also, Kevin, you know me, like my stance on the NFL. Injuries just don't go away. So we led to believe that, That's you know, true. Mike Evans was banged That's up true. a little bit. Now, he got suspended, so he wasn't actually injured. But Godwin, hey, when because I'm saying this as well. When Godwin comes back, guy blew his knee out last year and now has hamstring injuries. He's going to all of a sudden miraculously play Kevin 12 straight games as they head down the stretch into the playoffs. Julio Jones. You could go on my Twitter account. You know, oh, look at this. The Bucs signed Julio Jones, and it was mass hysteria out there. Oh, my. god, You got Julio never going to be stopped. I said, guys, it's not 2015. This guy can't stay healthy. So my whole point on them getting Julio after a while was, you know, maybe he's healthy for the first couple games of the season. Gives him a little bit of bounce. Because if you ever needed Julio to be healthy for two or three games during a stretch, it's right yeah, now. It's true. And he banged his knee. And what did they tell you after the game? Too? That's no problem. He'll be back like Wednesday, Thursday. No big deal. Two straight games he's missed now. When you needed him the most. They'll get right eventually on offense. But it's not going to say that this team is going to stay healthy. And same thing with the defense. The defense gets nicked up a little bit. They're going to be in trouble. There's not a lot to love about Tampa Bay, except the division maybe that they play in. They're 2-1. and They'll rate the ship. They'll be in the playoffs. And I guess it comes down to if they can stay healthy. But I would love to take a victory lap. I told you so on Tom Brady. But even Hmm. I look at that game on Sunday. Like, Hey, even when you complete a pass to Russell Gage, fumble. You complete a big pass to Brashard Mm -hmm. Perry, fumble. It's like, what do you want him to do? Which is really the true story there. What did you want Tom Brady to do with those wide receivers?
4: They might need to try and get active in the wide receiver trade market sooner Cronk. than you typically Where's would Cronk? see. Yeah, I mean, if, if you guys think that that man isn't putting a box uniform on him, mean, we all have another <laughs> thing coming uh, as yeah. far as that story goes there. Uh, just quickly on the defense, uh, they've allowed 27 points through three games. This Tampa defense, that's nine points per game. By far the best in the NFL. If that If that's for real, they should be fine. Here's my quick thing to you on Green Bay. So, all offseason, everything's a nightmare. Game number one, vindication about. Rodgers throws for under 200 passing yards. They score seven points. They get right versus the Chicago Bears. What a, you know, all right, that's, we know how that's going to go. They play Tampa with absolutely zero wideouts. Handle their business. Next week, they play New England at home. Mac Jones yeah. almost assuredly is going to miss that game. Then they followed it up with the Giants, then the Jets, then the Commanders. Now, they still have to go out there and play the games. But they might be a touchdown favorite from now until we pe- re- recap no. in a month. Here we go again with Green Bay. They, I would not be surprised if they sit here in unimpressive, 6 and one, first place in the NFC. They win 13 games again. But we're still not going to buy into this Green Bay group. No, we're not. They have Aaron Rodgers, who's one of the best quarterbacks to ever play the
5: game. But if you take a look yesterday, and if you can just fast forward to late January, these two teams will probably meet again. And let's just say Tampa Bay does come into that game somewhat healthy at wide receiver. Yesterday was the best you are going to find of the Green Bay Packers. Yeah, I said that. That's the best you're going to find. Because that offense Mm. is completely healthy, and they scored 14 points there. So it's a feel-good win for the Packers, don't get me wrong. And as I've said before... I still don't think the Packers are a football team that you need to worry about come January. And they say, Don, every year you don't have to worry about the Packers. But I understand that. I also preface it by saying their schedule is ridiculously easy. One of the easiest ones that you would look at all the way up and down unless you're saying, well, Detroit's a little bit better football team at this time. They're going to win games. But keep in mind yesterday, 100% 100% healthy at the wide receiver position and running back position. Even got a little bit of David Bakhtiari in uniform yesterday, which is a miracle. Oh. That's as good as it gets. And they squeezed it out yesterday against the Buccaneers with no offensive weaponry whatsoever. This is the
4: funny. See, I have to catch myself. They're not 100% healthy. They, don't have, they, didn't, have, they didn't have Sammy Watkins or Christian Watson. I mean, come but on. If that's who, where we who, are. Who but are they? It, yeah, but exactly. It, 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 if that's where we are in the defense, now look, they they obviously have very high expectations for Christian Watson. Will those materialize? No. I don't know. If, if your hopes and dreams rely on Sammy Watkins, well, you're probably in a less than ideal spot. Uh huh. It is just going to be interesting to see, though, if we are taught, hey, the NFC goes through Lambeau, they're 13 and 4. I mean, I don't like. All right, they're minus 115 right now to win the NFC North. Is that the best future on the board? Is that the best future on the board as we watch? And we'll get to this game later. As Minnesota is again falling all over themselves playing the Detroit Lions, I know they figured the game out. I know you can't wait to talk about Dan Campbell. I know. But, like, I mean, Mm. in what world is Green Bay going to mess up the NFC North here?
5: Aaron, again, if you know we like to get the fingers snapping out here, that's the only way. Like If Aaron Rodgers right.
4: plays 17 games,
5: come on. They're, they're in. They win this.
4: And, and this is where things get pretty interesting. Their updated win total right now for the Green Bay Packers is 10.5. That number probably feels a, a little bit light. Now, we can say all this and, ah, all right, New England catches them next week. But, again, his new, Brian Hoyer is going to go into Lambeau. And and figure it out, it's it's a hard sell, right? And this is, it's just, it's very interesting to see where both of these teams sit. They were before yesterday, the two favorites in the NFC going head to head, and the Eagles jumped both of them. And I don't think that is all to do with just the Philadelphia Eagles and how good they look. I think that also has to do with the fact that, again, everything in Tampa Bay right now is underwhelming. And the Packers, despite back-to-back victories, you can just tell are not the Packers of the past couple of seasons. We'll talk about Sunday night football and the rest of the AFC West and their nightmare division, the AFC South,
3: coming on up.
6: producing gas with fewer operational emissions in Texas. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America.
0: Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, (laughs) That's definitely not
1: a problem. Uh, Every time.
2: And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price.
1: Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.
4: Last night, Sunday Night Football, the Denver Broncos versus San Francisco 49ers was a Super Bowl preview. According to my preseason Predictions. So allow me, because I'm sure there are some, and in fact, probably many, who would see this game play out and say, boy, you have to feel pretty terrible about that prediction. You got to feel pretty wrong about that prediction. It's not the case. It's not a spin zone either. Donnie, you look at the Denver Broncos and the San Francisco 49ers. Fair to say these are two of the five best defenses in the NFL? I would agree with that. I, I, and at the end of the day, if you tell me that the Kyle Shanahan has a top five defense in the NFL, I'm optimistic on the outlook. And if you tell me that Russell Wilson, for maybe the first time since the Legion boom, has a top five defense in the NFL behind him, I'm pretty optimistic on that. On the Denver side of things, I understand how ugly this has been to start this season how pitiful this was through the first 3 plus quarters of this game but going into that you know about 8 minutes left in this game it was it was pretty simple if Russell Wilson still has it he leads a touchdown drive it's exactly what he did if you've watched Russell Wilson over the years did that touchdown drive not look exactly like Russ scramble you know pick up football is almost how you would describe it just running around making plays. Now, at some point, you would hope that Rust and Hackett and this offense can get on the same page and do that in the first quarter and the second quarter and before they have to pull things out from the jaws of life somewhere in the second half. But I look at the Denver Broncos. I look at the San Francisco 49ers. I think they both have some legitimacy to them because of the defensive side of the football.
5: And you're always going to be in it. If you have defenses that are that strong, you don't have to do very much, which case in point was yesterday. All the Denver Broncos needed was 11 points to win a game against the San Francisco 49ers. You look at both of these teams yesterday, Kevin, 267 total yards for the 49ers, 261 total yards for the Denver Broncos. Elite pass rushes that get home are going to cause a lot of damage. Very strong teams in the back seven for each one of those. Still trying to work out the kinks. So if we're taking a look at this game and trying to move it forward, right, what's the expectation here? Because if we're looking at the Denver Broncos, We know Russell Wilson is a really good quarterback. He's going to end up in the Hall of Fame. You have a lot more optimism, Kevin, right, on him getting right for this season, meaning like, hey, look at the Denver Broncos. They're moving the football. I actually thought they would sort of pick up that tab last week against the Texans. Weren't able to do it, but still picking up a victory. They weren't able to do it here against the San Francisco 49ers. But we're waiting for that Denver Broncos game where it clicks here. They moved the football against Seattle. They just had way too many mistakes and turnovers in that game. I want to see that complete game where Denver winds up, you know, 31 points on the scoreboard and the defense plays well to sort of give me that gauge. But if we flip it over to the other side on the San Francisco 49ers, make no mistake about it. This is your 49ers team. They're going to play really good defense. You're going to hope that Jimmy Garoppolo can make enough plays. And I know I'm going to spoil my you know last segment of the day on Listen Up, and I don't care because both are you know shows, right? Moneyline and the early line for six months have told you about Jimmy Garoppolo and the San Francisco 49ers. There is a reason why they drafted Trey Lance. Because they believe in that building. Mm -hmm. Jimmy Garoppolo is not good enough to win in the biggest games, which means get me into the playoffs and help me win a Super Bowl. So the fact of the matter is not a single football team, not a, I don't care what reports are coming out now, not a single football team wanted Jimmy Garoppolo. You know, we know that, Kevin, what team is he on? He's on the San Francisco 49ers. <laughs> Nobody was trading for him. Not one single team was going to make a trade for him. Don't believe any hype in this. Oh, we, we had a deal worked out with Watt. You'd have any deal worked out because the guy stayed put here. And you watched that game last night as they go one for 10 on third down, as he's fumbling footballs and stepping out of the end zone. The people that said, Ooh, it's a really good backup option of Jimmy Garoppolo in the regular season, I would agree because at least they'll be competitive and probably still make the playoffs, even though they're one and two right now. But this is the exact Reason why the 49ers did not want Jimmy Garoppolo to continue as their starting quarterback because the ceiling is extremely low.
4: 100%. And the reason the Niners were my pick to win the NFC was not, oh, Jimmy's there in case things go wrong. I never wanted Garoppolo to see the field. Hey, if, I, if you know, I, I still don't know the rules on if I'm allowed to switch NFC picks based on the fact that the starting quarterback yeah. got injured. Okay. But it is what it, it is. What it is, and it's, it's hardly the point right now because it's not like they're going to give me refunds on Niners futures because Trey Lance is gone, yeah. right? But this is like you watched the Garoppolo pick. Were you surprised? Were you surprised? How could nope. you be? How who, how could you possibly be surprised? by any of this. I'll tell you what was surprising but also wasn't surprising. The Colts beating the Kansas City Chiefs. It was surprising because the Chiefs scored 17 points. Their offense looked ugh, all game long, 3 points in the entirety of the second half. It wasn't surprising. It's the Colts were Donnie's money line dog. People, the show's 5 yeah. and 1. Donnie's 3 0. Oh. I don't understand. It makes no sense. We literally are hitting money line dogs at a similar rate to teasers. That's impossible. Teasers, one leg, it's it's six points. I don't understand how it's going on right now, but you love to see it. It's what we do here. It's the pick six. Get involved. But, Donnie, you told the people the Colts. Yeah. Here's the thing, though. I, we always love to do this to break crystal ball. Hey, Donnie, the Colts are going to score 20 points. Are they still your money line yes. dog? I assume the answer would have been 100% no.
5: Yeah, it would have been 100% no. And also, I did have a team total on the Colts at 20 and a half, so I came up a little bit short there. I was screaming at my TV when they went for it on fourth down early in the fourth quarter, and a running back thought he could jump, I don't know, 75 yards over a pile to get a first down, which wasn't the case. But credit the Indianapolis Colts. And yesterday, so many times on Twitter, you go back and forth, and you know, people ask you questions. It was a simple analysis for me and why it made sense. It's because the old adage is people get fired for games like this that they lose, talking about the Colts here. 0-2-1 in the season. That's not what anybody signed up for for the Colts. They had illusions of grandeur here, that they were actually going to win the division, and we got Matt Ryan. That was the final piece to the puzzle. And in everyday life, Kevin, if you go out and say, I'm a salesman, and your boss walks in on the last day of the month and goes, Donnie, You don't get two sales today. You don't have a job next week. You know what I do? Try my darndest to get those two sales. And it doesn't always work that way because sometimes you don't get the sales. Let's equate it back to the Indianapolis Colts. They lose this football game against the Chiefs. It's a wrap. We're questioning Frank Reich. Is he the guy for the job? Is he done at the end of the year? Does Matt Ryan make it past like week five? Because apparently the Colts are a disaster and can't get any help here. And quite frankly, late in that game, it looked like they were heading that direction as you continually watch Matt Ryan be feeble in the pocket and get sack after sack after sack against the Chiefs. But lo and behold, they pulled this game out because, number one, it's the adage, Kevin, you bring this up a lot, It's really hard to win in the NFL. And number two, when a team Mm -hmm. knows that their season is gone, if they lose this one football game, You'd be surprised how many teams rise to the occasion in that spot at home. and The Indianapolis Colts are no different here. Now, am I a lot higher on the Colts today than I was yesterday? Not necessarily, because they got a lot of work to do on offense, and primarily that work really comes from Matt Ryan and that offensive line, which is supposed to be one of their stronger points, apparently to the beat writers and everybody watching them in the offseason. Great win by the Colts, season-saving wins, and sometimes betting into desperate teams can work out in your favor Did yesterday. Didn't need the points.
4: With all of that said, though, for Kansas City, is this a panic button game? Far from it. You fumble the opening punt. You get the ball to the Colts on the four yard line. You go for a fake field goal instead of kicking a 40 yarder because Harrison Butker's injured. You then kind of validate that decision as you miss a 34 yard field goal on your next drive. Yep. I mean, this game, across a number of spots, could have at least been tied for the Kansas City Chiefs. It happens. It's the NFL. The thing for KC, though, and why it's just so difficult, is the Bills did lose. And it does feel like those teams are going to be running against one another all season long. The Chiefs very well could be Super Bowl favorites. They could might be Super Bowl favorites how they held on to this game in Indianapolis? Instead, they're in a tie right now with the Denver Broncos in their division. I'll tell you one team they're not in a tie with. The Los Angeles Chargers. Now... This we can go one of two ways with here. We could talk about Brandon Staley and the fact that he'll be fired sooner than later, but (laughs) I'll see if we have enough time. The Jacksonville Jaguars are for real. The only thing I might've got wrong in the Jags is saying that they were going to win the AFC South as a consolation prize. As a narrowly walking in nine and eight football team, the Jags just look awesome. Point differential in the NFL. Number one, the Buffalo Bills. Number two, the Jacksonville Jaguars. 38 to 10. And there's aspects of it that aren't surprising, that should allow you to buy in. Because Doug Peterson has won the Super Bowl. Their prior head coach Urban Meyer might have been the very worst coach the NFL has ever seen. Almost impossible to understand how big of an upgrade that is. Pieces added on the defensive side of the ball. People added into the skill position player room. Oh, and by the way, Trevor Lawrence, not just by far the best quarterback in the AFC South, but maybe a top 10 quarterback in the NFL. And that shouldn't sound wild. Because when Trevor Lawrence entered the NFL, everybody thought he would be a top 10 quarterback in the NFL. And Donnie, that very well may be the case as we sit here today. Yeah, you just
5: don't lose it. I mean, a generational guy, you saw him in college at a very early age as a freshman say, boy, oh boy, teams are going to tank for this kid eventually because of how good he is. And you saw him last year say, boy, he played, you know, didn't really get injured, didn't look all that good. Well, what did you want him to do in an Urban Meyer offense where he's trying to run a college set, not understanding the actual NFL philosophy? So, what do you do to yourself? And if you are the Jacksonville Jaguars and you did interview Tony Khan and he asked the question, I think it was off the camera, maybe. Ooh, I can't even believe that Doug Peterson was still around for us to even higher at this point and why it made so much sense. If you just look and say, what did we need moving forward? A calming influence in the room. A guy that was just a complete knucklehead shouldn't have been in the NFL apparently and he gets moved on from. So all those turbulent waters down there in Jacksonville, You just wanted to calm it. So then you try to equate it over and go, well, a younger quarterback in Carson Wentz that I had as a rookie, boy, he looked pretty good under my tutelage here as I brought him along. And quite frankly, once he got out of the tutelage of Doug Peterson, look at Carson Wentz now, right? Not looking all that good. So Trevor Lawrence, if you just watched that game yesterday and no other game in the NFL career of Trevor Lawrence, you'd say to yourself, that is a top 10 quarterback. Boy, I want to see more of this guy outside the pocket, making plays off schedule, three touchdowns, no interceptions, in a tough environment going 3,000 miles away to what we thought was one of the better, at least defenses, Kevin, in the NFL. 38-10 to 10, by far, the most shocking score from yesterday. And also, keep in mind this, little handicapping stories, right? So we're doing the show live on Friday on Moneyline. It looks like the line is dropping from 7 to 6 to 5 to 4 mm-hmm. to 3. Boy, how low is that going to go? Because Justin Herbert's not going to play. Well, the Chargers never made an announcement on that, but it was just people watching practices and who was taking the first-team reps. You line up on Sunday. You saw Justin Herbert starting. We're back to around a round of touchdown, and it didn't matter one iota. Justin Herbert, Chase Daniel, it doesn't matter who was in that game. The Jacksonville Jaguars were so far superior that that was a shocking development. But I love it. You called it in the offseason. The Jacksonville Jaguars are going to be a team to reckon with. Maybe they can win the division. I laughed at that, but we both thought they probably would approach their team total and probably get over that. They're two and one right now. They should be three and zero unless of an opening day collapse on the road to the Washington,
4: you know, Mm -hmm. Commanders. Jacksonville, sky's the limit. Whoa, how about that? And and, like they beat the Colts twenty four nothing, and they beat the Chargers thirty eight to ten. That's (laughs) nothing to hand wave here. And my loose understanding of kind of the injection that Herbert took before this game is that he was supposed to be feeling no pain. Sure, he wasn't 100%, but at the end, you know, it was interesting as well. It's not like Herbert was in and we went back to a 7. books are like, no, 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 this is the number, and we'll see. Quickly, on Brandon Staley, clearly he just does not watch these games. That's the only explanation for everything that's been going on. They're down four touchdowns with five minutes left, and he has Justin Herbert in there getting killed. When the Chargers fire him, then we can talk about them being a Super Bowl contender. Joke. We'll be right back.
3: SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com.
4: Let's get some Major League Baseball in here before we get to our number two, some college football, your Monday Night Football preview coming, and a lot more games to get to as well from week three in the NFL. Two pieces of business notes here. Donnie, the Guardians clinch the AL Central, and the Dodgers clinch the overall record in the National League and soon will clinch the record across all of baseball, both teams handling their business. Finally, we can put together, put I should say put down the Chicago White Sox at this
5: point. One of my teams that I thought would actually make the World Series before the season started is sort of, yeah. uh, I don't want to take the upper, upper echelon teams, but give me a team I do think is going to do some damage. They weren't able to do that and finally knocked out so we can stop the hype of, well, maybe they'll turn it around. They're really, you know, a talented team. No, they're out of it at this point. The Dodgers just basically, you know, cruising down the stretch at this point. But Major League Baseball also, Aaron Judge, Still stuck right now. Paul's got his 700th. So he's in the door yeah, he here did. feeling good. Off season, he can retire. He could do whatever he wants. But Aaron Judge sort of feeling the way. But I got to give credit to Aaron Judge. Not just going up to the plate, swinging at every single pitch in his direction. He's actually playing team baseball. And if they're going to walk him, Kevin, he's actually taking the walks.
4: Yeah. The, the interesting thing for Judge, I, the whole, what's, hold on now. See, this is going to be, what's more important, getting to 62 or the home or the triple crown? That's getting to sixty-two, get 62 by far. right? By far, by far. Right. Yeah, but he is flirted with a triple crown out of nowhere. Yeah. Are people still pretending Otani's like in the MVP conversation? By the way, some or did that on stop?
5: Twitter, yes. No. Uh-uh. Yeah, that's Just tough. You should
4: there, block man. those. people. In fact, you should follow those people, <laughs> unfollow them, and then block them and report their accounts uh, as they do not know uh, what is going on. Some uh, updates on races here: the Mets one and a half right now on the Atlanta Braves. The Mets are going to play the Marlins, and the Braves are going to play the Nationals, and then those teams will meet. The Blue Jays are right now looking secure in the AL, uh, and the Orioles, while not out of it, not taking advantage of a slumping Seattle team. Over in the National League, the Phillies up just a game and a half Mm. on the Milwaukee Brewers, so that's really going to come down to the final couple of days of the season. College football starts Hour 2.